Boom. We're live. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, Brownwater Banter Podcast. Uh, this is episode 60, man. Uh, episode 60. I'm Jared Seymour. I'm Joey Cates. Uh, and we got a really good episode for you. We have uh, Stephen Parks. Um, he is part of the Blue Wave Boat Company, a name that I'm sure a lot of people around here are familiar with. Uh, I know we see we see Blue Waves regularly out uh, when we're out and about on the water. So we're going to talk to him today a little about the history of his company, uh, the design of the boats, construction process, all kind of stuff, man. It's going to be a good episode, so stay tuned. Uh, real quick, we want to mention our sponsor, uh, proudly sponsored by Southern Magnolia Smiles. Uh, they're a local dental, uh, dental office located right here in Ocean Springs on uh, Washington Avenue. Check them out, man. If you're looking for a good Southern uh, local dentist here, you can call them at 228-215-1202. Um, big supporter of the show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, so without further ado, let's let Steven jump in here, man. Let's get to talking. Steven, man, how's it going today? How are you doing? Uh-oh, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah, can hear you. Let me see here. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. I got you now. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. A little delay there with the uh, with the internet. So look, first of all, uh, thanks for taking the time to jump on here with us today. Uh, reached out to you through the internet, man. You responded back. Uh, we were super pumped to have you on the show today. A lot of people down here where we're from in Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, have your product. So, uh, they had the Blue Wave uh, boat. We see them a lot down here. And we wanted to just talk to you first off about how the company got started. I was reading a little bit of the bio y'all have on your website, and it sounds like it's a pretty cool story. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First off, thanks for having us on here. Uh, when you reached out and I checked into your show, it's a, it's, it's a very neat show. I enjoyed it quite a that I jumped on and listened to. So great, great job what you guys are doing and, and the way you're uh, really working closely with the outdoorsmen down there in that area. It's fantastic. Um, Thank you, man. We appreciate so, it. You know, the boating industry is, is unique. It's uh, it's widespread nationwide, worldwide, but it's still just a, such a small industry. And there's so many stories about great families growing up into it. And we're just one of them. Uh, it's pretty interesting. My brother and I are actually third generation builders. Uh, grandfather, uncles, they all started back in the 50s, 60s, uh, building sailboats, houseboats, contract building for other people. Uh, even at one time, some uncles built uh, ski barge, which was in Arkansas. And at, at one point, I believe in the 60s, it was the largest boat company in the world uh, by number of boats produced, employees and everything. So it's very unique and rich history. We actually got started uh, building bay boats in the 70s where my dad was contracted by the start, start building and uh, eventually worked until we started Blue Wave all on our own in 92. And it was exciting. Uh, my parents, it was definitely scary because they started in a 30 by 50 garage building the first boat with their life savings. And it was it was succeed or, or not. You know, it wow. was it was make or break. And they put their heart soul into it. And when they built the first boat, and was taking it to the Houston Boat Show. They had, I think the story is about $1,500 left in the bank, taking the first boat down there to the boat show to just talk to customers and make the sale. And they did it. They sold one, got an order for a few more, came back, built them. And before long, we've, we've been very blessed in this industry and building up towards it as just a, a family thing from I was 11, Richard was 13, and we started at the ground floor. We were sweeping the floor, uh, you know, I was always the younger brother, so I was handing the tools and doing all the grunt work, and he got to do all the cool stuff like rigging the boats and 
till I got to the uh, an age where I could get in there as well. And we, then we fought for who got to do the funner rigging of stuff instead of just the cleanup. But we definitely grew from the grassroots, from the ground up, and we were able to retire mom and dad in 2017. Uh, took on a couple partners, kept it family oriented and a family company. We just grew the amount of families involved and. Now we've started a pontoon company as well to kind of diversify our product. So now we build some of the best pontoons for recreation and fishing use and nationwide and saltwater fiberglass boats to use along the coast. So it's been exciting and it's been a little crazy ride along the way too. You got, you got all your bases covered there. You got the pontoon for the party and then the, uh, the other, the other uh, boats for the, for the more serious outdoors fishing kind of stuff, right? That's absolutely right. I think every customer should own two boats and we can help them with both. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a bad philosophy to have, I must say, for sure. Absolutely. What, what uh, you, you mentioned your dad, $1,500 in the bank uh, just decides, you know, he'd been building boats and he's going to do his own, form his own company, builds one and bring it, brings it down to Houston. I mean, that's, that's putting all your eggs in, in, in something that you believe, right? That, that had to take a lot on his end, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He, uh, when he started in 92, my mom and him were partners, uh, up to that point as well. And they started with their life savings, which was a little bit more than that. But by the time that you do all the research design from scratch, build the plugs, build the molds, and then you build your first boat, they were down to $1,500 left in the bank, you know, which is just enough to drive from Oklahoma to Texas and stay overnight. And, you know, they they absolutely put everything on the line and it's the american story you know yes yeah, yeah. absolutely been a success and they were retired and now they see richard and i taking over the reins and and moving forward with the company as we speak and we've got uh we've got a lot of new and interesting designs that are continuing to carry forward uh we see a lot of the new stuff being being di- designed and directed towards that U- suv on the water uh, you'll see some of our newest stuff down there in the Biloxi area and in, in Mississippi, Alabama coast and Louisiana. They're, they're into the larger style boats, the 26s and the 28s. And the thing that makes our boats pretty unique in that size range is keeping them uh, light enough and strong enough and designed to where you can still fish moderately shallow, as well as with that size boat, with the design and the V and the flared holes, start to venture a little bit offshore as well. So it's, trying to give today's customer that really time is more valuable than ever the versatility that if it's a, if it's a nice calm day, you can start going offshore. If it's in, if it's a little bit rougher and you can find some protected areas, you can fish inland. So we're really trying to design with today's customer to give them the versatility and the use for whatever the weather's doing or wherever the fish is biting. That's right. We got here. I got your, uh, is this your 28. I believe we got pulled up here uh, off of your website. Yes, sir. Well, you, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to ask um, what where you saw the boat industry going. You know, it used to be the 24-foot bay boat was the biggest one out there. And then when you wanted to bump offshore, you had to step up to an offshore boat. Now with these hybrids, I mean, you could do everything out of one boat. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the biggest question we always get for somebody that is more of an offshore fisherman or has come out of offshore boats is they look at the whole way or they look at the uh, fuel requirement and they start really uh, having some concerns there that as a new product orientation on the market, we have to kind of educate them and show them that 
with the whole design that we have, you get the test bulletins from Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury. Our engine partners will come and test the boat and really show the true range and the versatility of our, our design. And then we have a, a lot of team guys as well as some TV personalities in the boat that can attest to how it handles that rough water. Even though it's a lighter weight boat, the design of the boat makes it extremely comfortable, fast, uh, dry. And then with the weight down and the efficiency up, the, the fuel range really puts it on par, if not above, a lot of the offshore style boats in its competitive region, even though they may have 50, 60, 80 gallons more fuel. Yeah. Do you see do you see the twenty eight the cap or do you see bay boats getting any bigger than that? Do I see bay boats getting bigger than the twenty eight? Yeah, do you see them getting because I mean it used to like I said the twenty four to the twenty six and now we've got the twenty eight. Do you see them growing any bigger than that? Uh, I think bigger is better is still the mentality and, and yes, I see in the near future some some bigger stuff coming through. This is this is America. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you <clears throat> excuse me, you hit the nail on the head there with the SUV on the water, right? I guess I guess people want to buy a boat where they can kind of get the best of both worlds, right? Absolutely. And and to be honest with you, the the bay boats have been that for the saltwater and the fishing side. You know, traditionally we had uh, a number of years back we had a lot of bass boat guys that were moving into the bay boats because it had more seating for the family. You know, you could take the whole family out for a day on the sandbar as well as, you know, you and your buddy could still go fishing inland back in the ponds and things like that. So we saw kind of a, a movement from very hardcore specific fishing style boats to more of a versatile family oriented, you know, fish, sandbar, go to the docks, go to dinner, this and this sort of uh, transition over. And to be honest with you, we saw it in the pontoon world as well. If you If you look at what you know, your grandpa's fishing boat pontoon with a 40 horsepower is kind of the mentality everybody thought. And you're as likely now to see our style of boat where we bought fiberglass fencing into the outside to give it a stylistic design. You put three logs on it, 350 horsepower motor and a, a sound system that makes yeah. sure you listen to your music on the beach. It doesn't matter who else is there. Right. And before long, you're 60 miles an hour, 14 people in it. And that is not your traditional thought of pontoon. So you can take each segment of boating and, and each manufacturer has had to start designing for a larger base group of people as well as more versatility. Cause we're all, we're all fighting. And like I said earlier, time is more valuable than anything. So when you got a customer and you've earned their business, you've got to give them access to a lot more things that they can do with that limited time they've got with their family. Your, nice. your pontoon, your pontoons are branded blue wave as well. Steve, were you ever to hear, hear that question? I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Are your, your pontoons, are they labeled Blue Wave as well? They're Blue Wave pontoon boats? No, sir. They're Silver Wave. Silver Wave. Silver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my question goes towards like a little bit. Uh, for, first of all, where, where are y'all based out of right now, the company? So the factory is in Seminole, Oklahoma. That, that's what I thought. That's what your website said. So w can you walk me kind of through like the process of taking a boat? I know you mentioned like when your dad started the, you know, he's starting from scratch with the design. Obviously, y'all have that kind of taken care of now, even though you're constantly doing innovative innovations, I'm sure. But it starts out as a wooden plug. Is that that correct? Uh, and I guess even before that, it's it's computer generated design, right? That then you take to the plug, uh, then then pour the resin inside of that. Is that correct? Do I have that right with the with the 
the process of, of making a boat? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay, good. Perfect. But Perfect. I got you. I got you. You had a, a little bit of the terminology, right? But so when you talk about building the old style wooden plugs, that is exactly what used to be the status quo. When you went to design a boat, uh, you started with, say, a 2D drawing, and then you would start cutting wood forms and forming that into your plug, which should be a representation of the finished product. So once the plug is done, and in a lot of cases, you would actually make this plug to where it could be uh, it could be ran in a limited fashion. So you could put an engine on it. You could put a uh, temporary console and driving station. And you, you didn't know until you flipped that plug over, until you were invested kind of down the road and you went to go run it for the first time, how that boat performed. You know, you, you had experience in design and you thought, uh, you know, if you put a, this much dead rise in it or this many chines or this kind of an angle of, uh, of a, a, a spray deflection on the outside, how it would operate. But you just don't know until you put it in the water and went and ran it. And then there was multiple iterations of that. You would change the design, go run it back and forth. Uh, today's method is in a lot of ways, there's some companies that still do that, but in a lot of ways, what we do is we do start with a 3D CAD design. Uh, there are partners out there that have very sophisticated computer models that are allow you to basically run it through simulations of running the boat and in different uh, stress loads and things like that, that really take a lot of the guesswork out up front. And so combine third generation uh, design methodology with some of the new generation 3d cad and testing our designs will hit the water a lot less tweaking is needed to kind of finalize them but on the the cad designs you design it in cad and then you have a company that will start with a foam block and they will use a uh, router to cut that just super super tight tolerances things that you just couldn't do by hand and then you would uh, once you have that perfect plug done whether it be by hand or CNC cut, you would form the mold off of it. And when that's done, you pull the mold off and it is an inside out replica of the final product. So okay. each boat, you would spray the gel coat, the paint, you would lay the layers of fiberglass in it. And the surface of that mold has a semi-permanent wax on it. So just enough tackiness that it holds the boat to the shape during the build process but once you're done, you can inject air in between the two surfaces, in between the boat and the mold, and it'll separate out. And now your boat has the form that the mold was holding. So you, you okay. pop the boat out and you continue to build the boat forward and you send the mold back to be prepped and ready for the next boat. Nice. Okay. That, that's pretty cool, man. That's, that's really cool. What's the, what's the time frame from start to finish on a boat build? I talked to somebody okay. that wanted to know that. It depends on the complexity of the boat, but I would say generally around a, a two to three week time period. Uh, it really allows you to start the boat, go through various steps. And there's there's lots of different ways to build the boats. You know, you have you have uh, closed molding methods nowadays, which are heavily used in the aerospace industry and some of the uh, technical skiff segments of the boats and things where weight is absolutely critical. Uh, that's where you have typically a male and a female mold and a predefined thickness of a cavity in between and you load dry fiberglass in and you inject the resin under vacuum. You can also do this with a, a bag covering the mold as well. This will guarantee basically the flow of the resin and the predetermined amount of resin can kind of guarantee a weight 
um, the finished product that you just can't get from open molding, uh, which is more by hand. So we incorporate all three methods depending on the, the piece of the boat uh, uh, and the build phase needed. So we will use the closed molding where we need high production, low weight parts. We'll do a 100% hand laid hull, which is still kind of the most uh, efficient between uh, cost effective and still getting a lightweight product. It just is very labor intensive to do so. And they'll squeegee out excess resins and things like race boats used to be built out of the holes. So when you, you look at our boats, even though we're getting bigger, we are designing manufacturing methods to kind of keep the weight down so that we can continue to allow some inshore fishing and, and shallow water drafts. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, man. Uh, where, where do you see you know, the future of your industry going, obviously it's going to be continued innovation, but is it, is it kind of like what you were mentioning earlier, just trying to give the customer the most bang for their buck when it's, they can kind of do, like you said, the SUV of, of a boat. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we don't just sit up here in an office We're we're traveling, seeing our customers. We fish with our team guys. We go to boat shows and what I hear over and over at boat shows, to be honest with you, is customers are getting confused. It's they walk down the aisle and everything starts kind of looking the same. You got a lot of white gel coat. You got a lot of center console boats with big motors on the back. It may or may not have a T-top. So where you really got to differentiate yourself is by educating both the, the our dealer partners and salespeople into what exactly makes us different. You know, if a customer had the time to go to, you know, his top five choices of manufacturing facilities and really see what they can't see from the showroom floor, that's where things really start standing out. And that's where we do a, a, a lot of work trying to build, take our build process, which is extremely labor intensive and things that we do extra where the customer would never see that really pays dividends uh, at the showroom floor and during the use of the boat, but only if we educate you because uh, our build process throughout from the whole, like I just explained on the 100% hand laid to keep weight down, but it's very labor intensive to our stringer system, which has four stringers against the competition that typically has two, to we put so much foam in the boat, it's virtually unsinkable. We literally cut them in half and both pieces float. Now, if I didn't tell you all that and you're just looking at boats, you don't see it. So we are constantly working to to explain to customers. And, and I use the analogy at the boat show is when you're house shopping, you look at these two houses, they look about the same until somebody tells you that that has an eight inch concrete foundation. And this one has a three inch concrete foundation. You know, that's when some, some value and longevity really starts sticking into your mind. And to be honest with you, you're not taking your family 20 miles offshore uh, in the ocean in your house. So foundations yeah. mean a lot when you're doing that. No doubt. Yeah. That's what I was hoping. One of the things that we could get out of this episode was exactly that piece that you just said, because that's, that you're right. I mean, I, from a customer's perspective, I, we go to the one here in uh, Biloxi, the boat show, and you do get lost kind of, I mean, they all look amazing, but it's those fine details, especially on the manufacturing end, like you just mentioned, that I, that separates boats from one another. So that that's good to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, when you really get into our boat and you look at the fishability uh, and, and really it's part of the pitch from the nose of the boat all the way to the transom, talking about why we did stuff you know you can look at our non-skid our non-skid is custom made and it's actually i don't know if you can see the logo but it's actually the wave in our logo mm. is molded into our non-skid and we're the only people in the industry 
that mm-hmm. have that. And it was both set out as a project to be unique, but also because the diamond patterns and the oval patterns and things out there, I, I've, I've slipped, I've fallen. And, you know, that's never fun. So we said, hey, can we not only be unique, but can we improve it as well? And uh, that was a that was a pretty big venture to do back in 2005 was create your own non-skid. And now, as far as I know, we're the only people in the industry, period, that have our own proprietary non-skid. And that's just one part of a, a really big picture. Um, when we, our stringer system is second to none, 360 degree bond all the way around it, uh, unsinkable in the foam, all the boxes are lined, all the hardware used as a lifetime warranty on it, uh, and then the fishability, just the room, you know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of the competition you'll see, they started with really big boats and then they've moved into smaller bay boats. So you see common use of, say, consoles or driver stations and things to where it may have worked in a 30 foot offshore boat. So it's available. It's a mold that's available. So they'll put it into a 24 foot bay boat. But that boat's narrower. It needs walk around gunnels. It, it, and you start saying, okay, well, if someone's fishing on the side of the console, you can't get by them. You just can't right. fit. You know, and I get a lot of customers that just can't understand that. But when you're, when you're doing a business and you're designing multiple models, yeah, you, you have a tendency to use molds that may be available, whereas we build specific boats. So we make sure that the component and the fit and the fishability for each model as we step up is, is the right fit. And it may take a little bit more time in production. It may take a few more molds, but at the end of the day, what you just described is customers are looking for more value, more bang for their buck. And I don't blame them a bit. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Uh, You mentioned being in good communication with your dealers uh, and the education part that's involved with that to help, you know, customers understand what they're buying. Uh, Joey and I, we were talking, Joey, do you know where the, any blue wave dealers are the closest ones to us? Farland's in Pasigola, I think, carries blue waves. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep, so that way the, the people listening can hear. So if they want to go check them out, that'd be the best place to go give them a, give them a look over. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, uh, I think we've got quite a few along the coast there, but I think yeah. the closer to you guys would be Furlands. Yeah, uh, Furlands is what yeah. we got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a great group of guys that actually started with uh, fiberglass repair. They, they were our authorized repair outlet you know, pretty much for the entire panhandle of Florida over to Louisiana. And he had such a strong customer base because he saw what broke on everybody's boats being a repair yeah. facility. So when he first, him and his family first decided they may even want to think about selling some boats, they approached us first because they saw the way that we built the boats that yes, every boat has something go wrong eventually because it's made by hand. But as far as the design, the consistent quality, and then the way that the company tries to work to take care of customers, he approached us first. And that's, that was saying something because he did a lot of work, not only for customers, but also warranty for companies. And for him to choose us to speak with first, I really respected it. Yeah. Yeah. Customer service and warranty on any product is paramount to, to keep like customer retention. You know what I mean? People really appreciate that. Absolutely. So we've got about 160 uh, employees and team members up here in Oklahoma that strive to get better every day at both building the product as well as customer service. And we'll be the first ones to tell you we're not perfect, but it never stops us from trying. There you go. Well, Stephen, man, we we appreciate your time today. Joey, I don't know if you had anything else. Uh, No, that's it, man. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, one quick thing before we wrap it up, where can, uh, what's a good way for people to reach out to you? I know obviously you got your website, uh, y'all are on Instagram. That's how we, uh, communicated with y'all. Uh, I got the, the, the kicker here at blue wave underscore boats. If y'all want to look them up or just type in blue wave boats on Instagram, they'll come up. Y'all have, a, I'm assuming a Facebook page as well. Yes, sir. We do Facebook and Instagram the heaviest, but the, the best thing is the website. If you go to bluewaveboats.com or silverwavepontoons.com, you check out the model that fits you. And we just launched last year a, a, a build-a-boat. So an, a, you can an interactive build-a-boat that you can see color mixtures and it changes out you know, certain driver stations and things like that as you build your boat up and it gives you kind of a price range to make sure that you're not shopping for something totally outside or totally not what you're looking for. And then with that build a boat specced out, then you can send it to your local dealer and kind of uh, makes the, the whole experience a little bit easier and better. That's pretty cool, man. That's, That's pretty awesome. cool. You don't seem to not shy away from innovation. So I dig that. I dig that a lot. <laughs> Um, if we ever get up to the Oklahoma area, we'll have to stop by and check out the facility, man. See what y'all are doing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got an open door. Just let us know. Okay, okay, man. Look, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. All right, man. Have a good day. You too. Well, that was a good one, dude. That was a good one, man. Uh, blue wave yeah. boats, people, uh, go check them out. Uh, I like to say, Furland, Marine. Yeah, that's right. Furland's Marine over in Pascal. You said Joey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go, get, go check them out. Uh, once again, thanks for watching everybody. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Groundwater banter.